Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Good morning. How's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu. And on today's edition of the show, we're going to be talking Urian Timber. After that came out of nowhere, Arsenal in talks with Ajax Amsterdam over the potential move of the Dutch defender to Emirates Stadium. We're going to bring you the latest on Kai Havertz. We're going to chat Declan Rice because there seems to be uh, a couple more updates around that as well. Um, but yeah, good to see so many of you uh, live with us so early in the morning. I know the times during this transfer window have jumped around a little bit, but we're just trying to keep as hot on the news as, as possible um, whilst trying to sort of enjoy the summer break kind of at the same time before the crazy uh, season of course kicks off again uh, in August but yeah look I hope you're good I hope you guys are well uh, you'll have to excuse me I haven't had my coffee this morning but I do have one in my hand which I'm going to be enjoying whilst I speak with you guys about all things Arsenal but let's kick off then with the Urian Timber stuff a player that's been heavily heavily linked with a move to Manchester United in recent times a player that has been on the radar of a number of big European clubs. That is undeniable. And someone, I must admit, I thought would probably be one of Eric Ten Hag's next signings. Now, that's not to say that that can't still happen. Remember last summer with Lissandro Martinez, Arsenal went in there, looked as though they were in pole position to do that deal. The price got crazy because Manchester United got involved. And in the end, he ended up going to Old Trafford. So this is by no means done or anything like that, but just sort of, you know, to, to hear Arsenal making that concrete offer, to use Fabrizio's word of the window, um, and it coming out of nowhere is, is quite refreshing, isn't it? Because for a long time, um, you know, I've always said that, guys, relax. Don't get your knickers in a twist during a transfer window, particularly in the really early stages, because we honestly, a lot of the time, have no idea what is going on in the background. And none of the ITKs told us about this one, did they? None of those Twitter accounts that claim to have a line in or none of those people that say, you know, my friend's cousin's sister's boyfriend's uncle works at Arsenal's training ground and he saw this player there or, or any of that. There was none of that with this. This came cold out of the blue from David Ornstein. Um, 
and uh, and yeah, it was a it was an interesting piece of news uh, to kind of read last night. I must admit, there was a temptation on my part when I read it to run down to the man cave at the back and jump on and record the live podcast. And the reason I didn't do that was because I must admit, I kind of missed it a little bit. So whereas I think the news broke at around about 10.30 p.m. UK time, um, I was um, I was watching a film. Yep, I was paying some attention to the missus or, or to the film, but was watching it with the missus. And uh, and so I'd, I'd gone and put my phone on charge in the other room because I feel like during a transfer window, probably more than any other time, I spend so much time just sort of scrolling through Twitter, hoping, looking for an update. And I figured I needed a bit of a break from it yesterday. So actually, it wasn't until I finished watching the film that I got up, sort of made my way towards sort of the kitchen to to grab a drink before I went to bed. And and I just had a glance at my phone and I had a ton of notifications from people messaging me about Yuri and Timber. But yeah, look, this is a player that I have to say I quite like. This is a player that um, ticks a lot of boxes. You know, how many times have I said to you guys over the last few weeks, versatility is everything. Versatility is something that Mikel Arteta is really, really big on. He wants to have flexibility within the system to be able to change things up, to be able to tweak things in certain situations. But I think he also wants to have a smaller core group of players that can play in multiple positions so that rotation is something that he'll feel a lot more comfortable in doing. It does feel like, sort of particularly towards the back end of last season and and even in the season before, unless he was forced into making changes, he didn't really want to do it. And that probably came from a lack of faith in the alternative options he had at his disposal. And whilst I don't think a centre-back is right at the top of the priority list this summer, I do think we can do with one. And if you look at Yuri and Timber and what he would bring to the party, he brings you the ability not just to play at centre-back, but also to play at right-back. Now, as Tom Canton from the Guna Talk tweeted out earlier on today, and I completely agree with this, there is a bit of a misconception around Yuri and Timber and and sort of his ability to play at right back. Now, he, he can play there. He's played on the right side of a back three for the Netherlands on numerous occasions. He's played as a more conventional fullback at times as well. Um, but predominantly, he is a centre-back, guys. Let's not, let's not dance around that. He played... 34 times in the Eredivisie last season for Ajax and 34 of those appearances came at centre-back. So he is very much a centre-back above anything else. But the same could have been said for Ben White. And because Ben White had the raw attributes needed to be able to play in the full-back position should Arsenal decide that that was the right thing, we were able to sort of slightly adapt his game and use him to fill in in different areas. I think Timber's passing range as well, which is one of his real outstanding uh, qualities, probably suggests that he could play in a deeper midfield position as well if you really wanted him to. Now, again, I'm not saying he's coming in as a six. I'm not saying he's coming in as a right back. What I'm saying is this feeds in to what we've kind of gathered that Mikel Arteta is 100% looking for, which is versatile players that can come in and help in a number of positions. Urien Timber, of course, is just 22 years old, uh, which is, again, brilliant in terms of our transfer policy. I do think we kind of need to make sure that we hold on to some experience within the group if we're going to lose Partey and Xhaka, as has been reported as well. 
but Urian Timber is a very experienced 22 year old and they those guys uh, do exist you know if you take a look at his uh, list of honors footballer of the year in the Netherlands in 2022 a two-time Dutch champion a Dutch cup winner won the European under-17s with the Netherlands, a Dutch under-19 champion with Ajax as well. So he's won things. He's got trophies under his belt. He knows what it takes. Yes, the Premier League is a major step up from the Eredivisie, but I think that Timber um, is, is going to be a really good signing if we can get this done. Now, we're going to talk a little bit now about what exactly David Ornstein reported, where exactly this one stands, uh, where we're at to our knowledge at this moment in time. And uh, and this is what we've got. So David Ornstein last night reported that Arsenal are working on a deal to sign defender Urian Timber from Ajax. The Premier League club have submitted a proposal worth around £30 million for the 22-year-old Netherlands international. Ajax is said to be seeking in the region of £50 million for Timber, who has two years left on his contract with the Dutch club. However, there is optimism a compromise can be reached between the two clubs while personal terms are already believed to be in place. Timber, who's played 15 times for his country, scored two goals and got two assists in 34 Eredivisie appearances for Ajax this season as they finished in third position. So, yeah, so look, we're quite away away from Ajax's valuation, but often you don't start your negotiations with your maximum in terms of what you're willing to pay and often as a club selling you will start the negotiations at a high point you won't start them at a low point so based on what David Ornstein's saying it does feel like there is room for compromise here and with Timber going into the last couple of years of his contract you feel like it's kind of now or never for Ajax if they're going to get a decent amount of money in Reports coming out of the Netherlands suggesting as well that Urien Timber was promised that if a big European club came in, he'd be allowed to leave. And Arsenal certainly tick that box and fit that mould. So I'm quite optimistic, actually, that this can be done. But again, a bit like some of the other players that we're after this summer, you do feel like we need to just get on with it. And we just need to wrap this up sooner rather than later so that we're not in a position where a bidding war begins and then we end up paying way over the odds for a player who isn't actually worth anywhere near that. Now, some would say the £50 million that Ajax are asking for currently is a little bit excessive given the contract situation and given he's a player coming from the Eredivisie. But I think that's about right in terms of what Ajax are looking for at this stage. As I say, I do think they will fold and I do think you'll probably get him for around about £40-45 million. Um, And uh, yeah, if we can do that, then I think it represents really, really uh, good value. Um, Abdullah says, I want a right back um, who no winger can dribble past a Walker slash one Bissaka type. Again, Urian Timber would not be coming in as a right back. He'd be coming in as a centre back who could probably play there if you needed him to, or you could move Ben White out there in the event uh, that, you know, that's what Mikel Arteta decides to do and know that you have Timber as the cover at centre-back. Meaning, what does this mean? That we're upgrading on the Rob Holding position because, you know, we all tried to be cool about it and we all tried to keep our nerve about it. And and especially me, you know, I tried to, for a while to sort of be like, it's not Rob Holding's fault. Let's get behind him. Let's support him. But my God, when he came into the team, did the drop-off 
you know, really, really affect us. It was a massive problem for us because he was he was never comfortable doing the things that William Saliba was doing, which had contributed to us having a really cohesive and strong system. He wouldn't step out in the way that that Saliba did. He, he was wary of his lack of pace in behind. That created too big a distance at times between him and Thomas Partey, in my opinion, between him and the fullback, in my opinion. And we really paid the price for not having a player that could step in. Okay, we were unlucky with Tommy Asu's injury as well because had he been fit, he himself could have gone into centre-back or Ben White could have done it too. But now to be able to go out and get another option who, again, ticks a couple of boxes, meaning Tommy Asu, White and Timber could all play at right-back if you needed that. You go over to the left-hand side, you've got Zinchenko, you've got Tierney at this moment in time, and then you've got somebody like Kivior who could fill in there as well. It means that you've got cover and ample cover in all of these positions. And this is what Arsenal need. Mikel Arteta needs a squad that he can be confident in when it comes to rotation, because competing on multiple fronts, the way we're going to be next season, we need a hell of a lot more depth than we've had. I like Timber. I really, really do. And I think this would be a really, really good signing. I must admit, I didn't think this was a possibility. I must admit, I thought it was Manchester United bound. And I still wouldn't be surprised if Manchester United get involved in this. But the issue they have right now is this standoff with the ownership situation is causing them a problem. It's causing a holdup in terms of Man United getting their business done this summer. And so this is why if this is a player we really, really want, we have to go out and do it ASAP. Take advantage of the uncertainty at Old Trafford. Use the fact that we're stable and the fact that we are... Um, an attractive proposition in our own right to our advantage and get these deals done sooner rather than later. Let's see uh, what else we've got, because in the athletics piece, there was a piece of analysis um, from the athletics, Jay Harris and Tom Harris. Uh, they spoke a little bit about Yuri and Timber and what his best qualities are. Now, we will be doing a where does he fit into the Arsenal side episode? Uh, we're going to do that on Kai Havertz. We're going to do that on Declan Rice. And we're going to do that on Yuri and Timber. And those will be available to our members on the Another Slice platform. So if you want to sign up and support the podcast, not just the podcast, but the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital too, and get access to additional content, you can do so via the link below. And that content will all be dropping at some point this week. So there's plenty for you to get your teeth into if you're into the whole transfer thing. Uh, but this is what the guys from The Athletic had to say about Urien Timber for perhaps those who haven't seen as much of him as they'd have liked. One of Timber's best qualities is his composure on the ball. At the World Cup, he played on the right side of a back three with Virgil van Dijk and Nathan Ake. Timber used his impressive passing range and dribbling ability to help the team progress up the pitch. He's extremely comfortable on the ball and is capable of operating at right back. There are not many defenders in the world who possess such an intricate passing range and are so confident carrying the ball. According to data from FB Ref, Timber averaged 90.5 touches per game last season in the Dutch top flight, more than any other player. Even more impressively, 59% of his touches were in the middle third, which is very, very high for a centre-back and underlines how much he gets involved in attacks and in the build-up. Ajax suffered a dramatic drop-off in form this season. They finished 13 points behind the champions at Feyenoord, who had Quinton, 
Urian's twin brother, at the heart of their midfield. The twins still live together and even share a bedroom. But after another year of progression, Urian's time for a new challenge has surely arrived. Should we be looking at his twin as well? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, so that's kind of some analysis on, on Yuri and Timber. I mentioned the point about the fact that although everybody in their dog is saying that he can play it right back to, he is predominantly a centre-back. And I think we should make sure that we're, we're sort of aware of that and mindful of that when we assess how he'll fit in at Arsenal, uh, where it'll be best to utilise him, etc., etc. But big news. Um, Arsenal's still a little way away from... Ajax's valuation, it seems that first bid, by the way, of £30 million was rejected. Um, and then that brings up that debate, doesn't it, about whether Arsenal are lowballing again and, and if they should be doing this or if they should understand that Ajax's valuation is what it is and at least submit an opening offer that is closer to that amount of money. We'll get into that in just a second. Going to take a very, very brief pause uh, and then we'll be back to talk about Arsenal potentially low-balling or just being smart in their negotiations. We'll do that. We're going to talk Havertz. We're going to talk Rice. And we're going to talk Bukayo Saka after he scored a hat-trick for England, of course, last night. Be back in just a moment. Welcome back. Happy Tuesday, the 20th of June. The transfer silly season is in full swing. And as we heard last night, Arsenal have, of course... Uh, made an offer for Urian Timber of Ajax Amsterdam, which has been knocked back by the club. But according to the report, Arsenal offered something in the region of £30 million. Ajax have indicated that they're looking for around about the 50 mark. So are Arsenal being cheeky here? Are Arsenal taking the piss a little bit with this offer? And I'm not necessarily saying that I feel this way or that to me this is a a major issue or point of of contention. But I have seen this be discussed on social media, you know, and it's kind of the same situation that we find ourselves in with, for example, Declan Rice, where you've got a player that it's quite clear what it's going to take to get them out. Yet Arsenal are still a way away from that valuation in their opening bid. Now, what I said a few days ago was that often the opening bids are not expected to be accepted. What they are is a signal of intent. What they are is just an opening of that official pathway in terms of the discussion and the negotiation. And often, you know, it can just get the ball rolling and it shows the club that actually you're, you are serious, that you want to do a deal here. You could argue that bidding around about 20-odd million pounds less than what the club have indicated to you they're looking for shows that you're not serious. And I get that. And I understand why people feel that way. And that's why I wanted to have this discussion. But ultimately, this doesn't matter if Arsenal get these players over the line. This doesn't matter if Arsenal get these deals done. It does matter if you get caught on your heels, you take too long, and somebody else comes in and steals the player from underneath your nose. Then you've got an issue. And then I think fans have every right to turn around and say, what on earth are we playing at? Why have we allowed it to get to this point? We had this in our hands. We knew what it was going to take. And therefore, if we didn't want to pay that type of money, we should have turned our attention elsewhere. But I'm not panicking at this stage. You know, it's really early on in the window. I think it's great to see that, what, within a week or so, Arsenal have made offers for Rice, for Havertz, now for Timber. And we don't know if they've done anything else as well, because... 
you know, as we say, we're not often aware of every negotiation, every dealing going on. Um, and and so when people say Arsenal haven't been proactive so far in this window, I can't get my head around that. I can't understand what they expected to be a week in and to have submitted three high value bids for three players that the club are obviously very keen on is kind of, yeah, is kind of as much as you could ask for at this point. You know, we knew that Arsenal didn't have anything necessarily wrapped up going into the window. A lot of talk, a lot of talent identification had taken place. But it's not like, for example, Chelsea and Nkunku, which has been confirmed, by the way, today. Everybody knew that that was done and everybody was just waiting for it. Um, You know, plus, as Pedro points out in the chat, you know, there's talk of Arsenal trying to convince Ilkay Gundogan to come to the club as well, which would mean actually they're in negotiations with regards to four players. So I think we've been very proactive so far. But the next stage is, of course, to get some of those deals over the line. And the next stage is to, you know, once we do that, wrap those up as quickly as possible, integrate them within the group as quickly as possible and as early as possible with regards to pre-season, allow them to settle in just like we did last season where we got everybody in nice and early. That relationship or those relationships were allowed to build and allowed to flourish during the pre-season tour. And it put us in a wonderful position going into uh, the start of the campaign. And hopefully we can mirror that and go again. But yeah, I'm I'm not worried about this whole Arsenal are lowballing everybody and they're going to upset everybody thing because I, I just think that's how negotiations go. And I think it's only a problem if you don't get the player. And if we don't manage to land any of these players for those reasons, then I think we'll all be well within our rights to ask questions about the strategy and the method of negotiation Arsenal are applying. But at this moment in time, I think we should just keep our call about it and see uh, where this goes. Um, also wanted to just talk quickly about Kai Havertz. Uh, I know it feels like we talk about Kai Havertz every bloody day at the moment because this is one that I think is going to happen. I really, really do. In fact, I'm I'm quite confident that Arsenal are going to get this deal done very, very soon. And Fabrizio Romano has come out and reported this morning via Twitter that he expects this deal to be wrapped up this week. Sixty-five million pounds in terms of the total value of the deal is around the point at which this deal could be agreed by both sides. No issues with Kai Havertz on an individual level. He wants to come. Uh, the um, the personal terms are agreed as far as we understand. Again, you know, I, I think this is a good signing. I think it's one that fits. It's a little bit above the price point at which I would have been 100% comfortable with it. But if Arsenal believe he's the right man and, and they have to go that extra mile having tried their luck with Chelsea or, or tried to wear Chelsea down in terms of the negotiation, then so be it. It is what it is. With regards to Declan Rice, Sky Sports are reporting today that Arsenal are due to go back in with another bid of um, of £90 million. Let me just bring that up to make sure that I'm giving you the right information. Here we go. Breaking news on Sky Sports around about 15 or so minutes ago. Arsenal are expected to make a formal bid worth £90 million for West Ham's Declan Rice. Now, we heard that the initial uh, bid was um, was around £80 million. That was according uh, to various sources. And now uh, we're hearing that it is uh, looking like it's going to be around about £90 million, which is £10 million up. And it feels like... Um, 
yeah, like we're getting there, albeit slowly, but we're getting there. Also reported earlier today that Declan Rice is going off on holiday, which means that this isn't necessarily going to be um, wrapped up uh, necessarily over the next few days. So just a bit of, of caution there. Uh, just quickly going back to the Kai Havertz bit, Sammy Mockbell did report earlier today that a verbal offer had been made, but we've had no indication of a formal bid being submitted of around about the 60, 65 million pound mark. So we're still waiting for that. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened yet. Just means that we haven't got that information through at this point. Also, while I've been talking, Fabrizio Romano has put out a tweet with regards to Romeo Lavia, another player that we've been heavily linked with. So that's another one you can add to the pile. Rice, Gunduan, Lavia, uh, Havertz and Timber. That's five players that Arsenal are actively going after at the moment. And people want to tell me that we're not being proactive. Come on, have a day off. Uh, but anyway, um, this is what Fabrizio Romano has just had to say on the Southampton man. He says, understand Arsenal are advancing in talks to sign Romeo Lavia. Negotiations ongoing with Southampton and the players camp. Still no official bid. Southampton want a record fee for Romeo. I'm not sure exactly what that record fee would be for Southampton. Man United remain interested, but their priority is Mount. And Chelsea are also keeping a close eye on this situation as well. So, um, yeah, there's uh, there's lots and lots going on at the moment. Just a quick uh, break, and then we're going to recap all that news. And then we're going to take you guys' questions whilst talking a little bit as well about Bukayo Saka. So start filling up the chat box, pop the queue in. Uh, at the beginning uh, of those uh, questions as well. It just makes it easier for me to pick them out from the chat. Be back in just a second. Wow, wow, wow. Everything is moving at such an incredible pace at this moment in time that I can't keep up with it. We're on a live show here at the moment, live on Tuesday morning. And as far as we know, this is the lay of the land at Arsenal have made a bid for Yuri and Timber, which has been rejected, but they're expected to go back in and there is a confidence that a deal will be reached. Kai Havertz is said to be uh, somebody that Arsenal are hoping to close in on between now and the end of the week. Uh, apparently, uh, a verbal offer of 60 to £65 million has been made, but no official offer uh, to Chelsea of that value has gone in at this stage. As far as we know, that could change by the time you listen to this. But there is a confidence as well that that one will get done. Arsenal, according to Sky Sports, have just lodged a bid worth £90 million now for Declan Rice. They've gone up around about £10 million from the initial offer. Still not confident they'll accept that, to be honest. I think we needed to go maybe 90 plus add-ons or, or 95-ish. Uh, you know, I think West Ham will look at the situation, will know that there's still plenty of the window to go and won't rush to accept something that doesn't, uh, you know, make them feel 100% comfortable. Not at this stage anyway of the transfer window. So a bit of patience probably needed in that one. But I'm sure the concern among Arsenal fans is what if somebody else comes in and gazumps us, which has happened in the past. So there is a bit of PTSD there. Uh, when it comes to Romeo Lavia, Arsenal are in negotiations with Southampton uh, and the player, of course, to try and make that happen. But Southampton want a record fee for the player. There is so much, so much going on. And uh, as I mentioned just briefly in passing earlier on, uh, reports out of Barcelona suggest that Arsenal are pushing very, very hard to sign Ilkay Gundogan. Now, of course, he was on Manchester City's release list. 
why is that coming out of Barcelona? Well, because Barcelona are another club desperately trying to acquire his services. Uh, so many questions coming through. We're going to do those in a minute. But before I do that, I just want to pay a massive tribute to, to Bukayo Saka. What a player this guy is. I mean, I didn't want him to play for England in these couple of games. I hate this idea of playing internationals at the end of the season. I hate the risk that comes with that. I hate that it can delay you having your break, which then can delay you having a pre-season, which then can mean that you're maybe not at 100% when the season starts. All of that stuff drives me absolutely mad. Um, but when you score a career hat-trick, a senior hat-trick the way he did, it can only be a confidence boost, right? So you've got to take the positives from that. And um, one of the goals in particular was was stunning, wasn't it? So um, big shout-out to Bukayo Saka. Gareth Southgate mentioned an injury that he's been carrying as well. Frustrating that he's playing then if he's got that problem. But um, hopefully, you know, we can wrap him up in cotton wool now, get him on holiday, let him have a bit of downtime, bring him back in time with the rest of the squad in a few weeks' time, and we go again uh, for the new season. But yeah, wow, wow. Uh, busy old day on the old uh, Arsenal Twitter sphere, isn't it? Uh, right, let's do some of your questions. We're going to take a short pause and then we'll dive into those questions but before that, yeah, one more thing before that. I promise you, should, this is the last one. Guys, what's going on with the likes? Let's get them up. Let's drive them up. Let's push them up. Um, let's get as many likes as we possibly can on the board. It really, really does help. I can't tell you how much it helps. Uh, subscribe to the channel if your brand's spanking you as we push towards uh, the 30,000 mark here on YouTube. We want to get there sooner rather than later. I realize we're still quite a way away, but hey, set your targets high, right? Um, have some ambition. Love to get to 30K um, sort of before the end of the year. That would be amazing. So I need your help. If you are watching and you're not subscribed, what are you doing? If you're listening on audio, uh, then come over and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Uh, also, uh, leave us a review on whichever audio platform it is that you enjoy. I want to set a target for this video. I want 500 likes on this video. Um, so come on, let's let's do it. Right. Uh, let's take some of your questions then. Uh, Jean-René says, can you still imagine a world where Thomas Partey and or Xhaka stay despite incomings. If we get Rice and Lavia and we're pushing for Gundogan, kind of suggests to me that we're going to lose at least one of those two players. There have been reports this morning as well, which I didn't mention because I'm not sure how credible they are, but that Thomas Partey has been given the green light with his people to kind of start uh, negotiations over a potential move to Saudi Arabia. Look, I've said it before and, I, and I'll say it again just sort of briefly. I do think that allowing both of those players to go and losing the experience that you gain from them as well as the sort of base level of competence that we showed last season, I think is is risky. And I think, you know, Mikel Arteta spoke of the need to reset. I didn't think he was being so dramatic in terms of you know, overhauling the midfield completely. But at the same time, when it comes to players, you want to be proactive rather than reactive. And particularly in Thomas Partey's case, where it looks like you could get a decent amount of money for him from the Saudi Arabian clubs, then maybe you do do it. And maybe you recognise that, of course, you know, he's not going to 
get better now. He's he's kind of at his peak. His injuries and fitness concerns have been a problem for us over the last couple of years. Maybe all of that factored in uh, and, and the opportunity to get that money and then go out and bring in a Lavia or someone like that um, is uh, is of huge appeal to Mikel Arteta and perhaps that's why he wants to do it. But I, I can't see both of them staying. Um, you know, I, I just can't. I think we'll lose at least one, but probably both if I'm having to predict. Andy Jackson says the CEO apparently attracts world-class players. So how many of them five are indeed world-class, Harry? I think loads of them have the potential to be world-class. And this is the thing with Arsenal. Clearly, there is a ceiling when it comes to Arsenal with regards to what they're able to spend. Yes, they're going to break that, it seems, with Declan Rice. And even the offers that we're hearing about smash that out of the park. But generally speaking, there's still a, a sort of a want or a need to, to target players in the 40 to 50 million pound bracket. And that's part of the strategy. You know, it is to bring in those players, to nurture them, to coach them, to improve them to a point where they're at a better level. Um, and, and we can reap the rewards from that because we don't operate in the same way that some of the other clubs do, like Chelsea do, like Manchester United do, like Manchester City have done, probably more so in the past than now. I think Declan Rice could be. I think that Romeo Lavia has potential to be. I think Kai Havertz should have been by now, but hasn't reached that level for whatever reason. I think Urien Timber can be. I think Ilkay Gundogan is. And I think Mikel Arteta understands the constraints under which he's working, understands the way the club operates. And so there is a there is a, a strategy in place whereby they target players who they believe have all the components to reach that level. And then the key and, and the sort of bit where Mikel Arteta earns his money is to try and turn those players into that level of monster. And he's done that with a few players because there's a few players that are well on their way to becoming that because of Mikel Arteta having improved them, or at least partly because of that. Look at Bukayo Saka. Martinelli's well on his way. Martin Odegaard has improved tenfold under Mikel Arteta. So, you know, I think that the club believe that he can do it. I think he believes he can do it. And I think players on the continent will look at Arsenal and say, look at the level that he was at when he joined them and look at where he is now. That's got to be down to the coach and the staff. And because of that, that makes it a really attractive proposition for me. You can get money anywhere you go in football. But to be able to sort of get the money, which Arsenal are very competitive when it comes to salaries, all of that, but also to be able to know that you're bettering yourself and, and know that you'd be making the right move from a development perspective, I think is is a really big pull. Uh, uh, Matt G says Southampton's record signing or record sale was Virgil van Dijk. I think it was, wasn't it 75 million rather than 85? Um, and Matt says, Lavia is not worth more than Caicedo. And that's tying in with what Fabrizio Romano reported, which is Southampton are looking for a record, a club record fee for him. I agree with you, Matt. Lavia is not worth more than Caicedo. And, and if that's what Southampton are looking for, then we should walk away. I, I completely agree with that. Marcus follows it up with, uh, Lavia is not worth 75 million plus, And I, I agree with that. I really, really do. Really do. 
Um, G Weber says rice, lavia, timber, havertz. Is that a good window, Harry? I think we'd still need one more, but I think it would be a relatively good window. Yeah, because we'd have addressed the midfield, two players, which is what we wanted. N maybe slightly damaged in terms of how positive that is because of who we're set to lose. Timber is a much better defender, much better centre-half and fits into our mould much better than Rob Holding does. So that's an upgrade. And Havertz gives us another addition, in uh, another option in attack. So I think, yeah, it would be a good window. I know people keep talking about Kai Havertz playing as the left eight. I'm going to release a piece of content for our members this week in which I really do dive into where Kai Havertz fits. And I explain why I don't buy into this thing of him playing as a left eight all the time. It could be something that we revert to in game, just like when we've put Leandro Trossard there, for example, in game. But it isn't going to be a starting thing, in my opinion. That is just uh, my opinion. Um, guys, just a quick reminder on the likes. Uh, smash the likes because uh, we're nowhere near where we want to be. We're aiming for around about 500 on this video quite way off of that so please do like subscribe all of the rest of it uh what else have we got here um aj Envoy says do you worry with the likes of newcastle city and united if they get taken over about the disparity between us and them when it comes to spending i have a dark feeling about it harry i think look i think football is headed in a really dangerous direction generally speaking I hate the way things are going. I hate this, um, you know, this idea of, of clubs being able to spend really badly and then still somehow get away with it. For example, in the way like Chelsea are, because they found somebody willing to take a load of these players off of them. What that does is it damages football as a game because it means that astronomical amounts of money no longer mean anything really because you can spend it badly and dodge the consequences of that. We've been there. We've spent badly in the past and suffered for a number of seasons after that because we didn't have the money necessarily to be able to write those deals off and rectify it all um, you know, quickly. It took us three or four years to get to the point where most of that deadwood was gone. I do worry about Newcastle. I do worry about City continuing in the vein that they are. I do worry about what happens if the Qataris get hold of Man United. Not because they're Qataris, before somebody says that, because of what we know their spending power will likely be. That's the problem. It could be Dave from down the road. If he has hundreds of millions of pounds and billions of pounds to pump in, then it makes Manchester United a problem for us. But what I will say is be proud of what we are as a football club. Be proud of the traditions and the values of Arsenal Football Club, because that's one of the special things about this club. And don't obsess about what everybody else is doing. We can only focus on ourselves. If we as fans understand what our level is when it comes to spending, understand the need to work within our own means most of the time, um, you know, then I think we can manage our expectations of that. And spending money doesn't always guarantee success, as we've seen. So I think we can be confident in the fact that our club are moving in the right direction. And I think we should just forget about what they, those guys are doing to be honest i don't think we can afford to be obsessed by it uh <laughs> arsenal future says harry what if saka was greek how would you feel i would love him even more than i do already um i i adore bukaya saka i think he's brilliant i think he's humble i think he's down to earth i think he's got his feet on the ground i think he's been through 
mentally some really difficult things as a young man and he's come through them with flying colours. And one of the things that strikes me is that, you know, often we talk about young footballers sort of being led astray and maybe not having the maturity to handle a lot of these scenarios and to still be focused solely on their game or mainly on their game when they've got a load of money coming in, a popularity, a fame that they could never have dreamed of. It looks like Bukayo Saka's got great people around him in terms of keeping his feet on the ground. And I think that is why he is able to deal with adversity. I think that's why he's been able to to really push on and continue uh, to develop and improve as a player. I, if he was Greek, I would, I would literally, I don't know what I would do. Um, I, I would love him even more than I do, which I didn't think was possible. Uh, but yeah, um, he's honestly, he's a, he's a joy um, to watch and, and someone that, um, that I think his family and everyone associated with Arsenal should be incredibly proud of. Uh, Wesbird says, Harry, don't you get the vibe sometimes that whatever Edu and Arteta do is not good enough for some of our fans? We put offers in for players, but it isn't high enough or it's overpaying. Oh my God, seriously. Completely agree. Some people just like to be outraged and angry and annoyed and want something to vent at. Maybe because they've got something else going on that is frustrating them. I don't know. But I agree with you. Um, I do think this is, uh, you know, something that we see way too much of on social media. Doesn't always necessarily represent the view, though, of the majority. I think there's a loud minority when it comes to these things. And so we've got to be careful not to get too caught up in that. But as I said earlier on, Arsenal are actively negotiating as far as we know. And that's all that we know with around about five players. And we're a week into the window. What more could you really ask for? Uh, what else have we got? Going to take a, a couple more just uh, running short um, of time. Uh Ebrima Sane says, if you have to sell one and keep one of Eddie or Balogun, what will it be? This is a really, really good question, but we got a piece of content on this coming out, so I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but I think more and more, this is becoming a, a real big debate. And I think pre-season is going to be key here. I think Arsenal will want to have Flo Balogun involved in their US tour for obvious reasons. And I think that would be the opportunity for him to stake a claim. And having returned from loan, it's an opportunity for him to prove to Mikel Arteta that he's ahead of Eddie Nketiah. And if he does that, I think Eddie Nketiah and the club will be ruthless enough to say, come on then, let's uh, let's move Eddie out of the way, particularly if Havertz is coming in as well. Um, so, yeah, interesting interesting stuff but i'm not going to spoil it because i've got an in-depth piece coming out uh, on that so i don't want you to um i don't want you to um or i don't want to spoil it not you i don't want to spoil it uh guys quick reminder let's get on to the likes um let's uh, hit that like button subscribe to the channel if you're brand spanking you as we continue on our journey towards 30,000 youtube subscribers remember if you're listening on audio uh, then please do um, subscribe, leave us a review, all the rest of it. I think Fabrizio Romano apparently has uh, edited his tweet. Uh, some people are saying, is that right? Let me have a look about Lavia. Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. 
yeah, they, they're looking for a record fee for an under 21 player, not a record fee overall, which is that 75 odd million that uh, Virgil van Dijk, of course, went for uh, back uh, in, was it 2018? I want to say, I'm guessing. But anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff indeed. Look, if anything else major breaks, we'll be back with another episode today. I am working from home today, which makes it much easier for me to just jump on and record episodes as and when they're needed. Um, if nothing else significant comes to light, then we'll be back tomorrow uh, with more. Uh, Mario27 says, any 90min content? We're having a couple of weeks off. Scott is away. Uh, some of the other guys are away as well. Uh, but towards the end of this month, we're going to kick back off uh, with some transfer content on the 90 min channels um thank you for asking uh just a little bit of a break uh from that for us all a few people are away etc cetera, etc cetera. so we thought we'd take the opportunity to have some downtime because it is very much needed i know people will say why do you moan about your job like it's it, you know it's not a job to moan about and i completely appreciate that but you do get caught up in the rat race of it and you do get tired and i think it's really really important because of how frantic football is now like what was it someone was telling me yesterday that this football season lasted like 320 odd days which is mental like you just need that bit of time don't you sometimes to just have a breather and, and that's what we're doing it's what i hope to do with this as well just sort of wind it down a little bit slow it down a little bit produce less episodes but maybe slightly longer ones but everything's going wild isn't it over the last few days um and so uh yeah we're actually producing more than ever uh which is great as well but anyway guys uh, thank you all so much like subscribe all the rest of it i'll see you all soon until next time goodbye hopefully uh, we'll have some positive updates to give you sooner rather than later with regards to yuri and timber kai Havertz, declan rice ilkay gunduan maybe romeo lavia as well um i'll see you all soon until next time goodbye and have a great tuesday all the best i'm martin tyler and you're listening to harry Simeon.